0: Hey friends, today I have another special guest on the podcast. Her name is Steph Caldwell. Steph is a Chicago-based author, speaker, and the founder of Manifest, an organization whose mission it is to help ambitious women get unstuck, claim their power, and move towards a big purpose by creating spaces for women to connect, to exchange ideas, to get unstuck, and to step into the women they were born to be. Steph's book is called Manifest Her, and it is amazing. There's been lots of rave reviews about it from some really important people. But as you know, I like to read stuff and review stuff and make sure it aligns before I send it your way. She's got 11 easy to follow practical steps to get unstuck, right? To um, navigate your post-prescribed life, and manifest your biggest dreams. Tune in to our conversation now.
1: Welcome to the Autoimmune Revolution Podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie.
0: I'm so excited for you to join me today. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you came up with, you know, the idea of the book, Manifest Her.
1: Oh my gosh, that is a really big question to launch into. So uh, I think a little history lesson is in order. Um, A couple years ago, about two years ago, I um, was the, I can't use the word victim. I suffered a devastating job change, which to me felt like a job loss. Um, I was doing a job that I was extremely passionate about working for a company whose mission I love and really, really motivates me. And I was really on top of the world as far as I was concerned. I had really ambitious goals that I set for my you know, early stages of my career. I achieved every single one of those. And then I swear, like the day after I realized i had finished climbing that mountain, I got a phone call and my boss told me they were dissolving um, my position in, in our business unit and that we were being rolled into another uh, organization within our broader company um, doing a job that I would have never in a million years selected for myself. And I was one of those people where like my, my job was my life. My job was my self-worth. And so that completely devastated me. And in the wake of, you know, that experience, uh, my boss had mentioned, you know, Steph, as, as much as I know that like you're disappointed that this role is no longer yours, they're actually looking for somebody to lead the team that you're being moved to. I think you should raise your hand. And I think you should interview for the job. So he did that. And um of course <laughs> it was like the ultimate one two punch i didn't get that promotion and all of a sudden like this this vision of myself and who i was and what i could accomplish in life just came crashing down and so i decided to use that moment to really take a not a break from work i kept my job but set some pretty like rigorous boundaries around when i was inside of the office and when i wasn't so that i could figure out like what I wanted next for my career. You know, was it this new job or was it something different? And in that that moment of silence, if you will, in my career, I realized that I was not alone. I started talking to friends about my experience and they all like shared similar experiences of moments of like devastation in their careers. And, you know, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I've got great girlfriends and we talk about amazing things, but we never really talked about you know, the big obstacles that we're facing in our life and careers. And so that, um, that experience ultimately became the catalyst to me building a business called Manifest and, um, what became the book Manifest Her.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So my audience is primarily people who have chronic illnesses and autoimmune disease. And so on the surface, it might be like, well, what would this have to do with anything? But the way you said that was very, very beautiful in that, what they kind of hit the same wall. It's not always career, although a lot of it has to do with career, but they hit that wall where they have a devastating one, two punch. And they're like, what do I do now? Like, what's next? How do I go from here? Um, and so, you know, I think even though a lot of the principles in the book are very much geared uh, in goal setting, I think it can really be applied To health and wellness, right? And some of the things you talked about, like you mentioned boundaries. So had you had like strong boundaries before, or was this a lesson in like, now I need to to make strong boundaries and and hold those boundaries?
1: Yeah, this was definitely a lesson in boundaries for me. And while I don't suffer from any like physical chronic illness, Mm -hmm. I actually am a person who suffers a lot from mental illness. So Mm -hmm. um, historically, you know, I've dealt with uh, both suicide as well as depression And I think that to your point, there's like a big parallel to be made here between like boundaries and health, whatever that health is. Right. Um, Anyway, to answer your question, no, boundaries (laughs) was there for me.
0: (laughs) Right. I think a lot of us, you know, and, you know, I always put it in the category of women, but I think a lot of women, especially, and men too, really have that boundary issue. And it's something that we're taught at a very young age um, to, kind of not have any boundaries and in a lot of different ways, you know, smile, be polite, do all these things and take care of everyone around you. And then sometimes you look up and you're, you know, in your twenties or thirties or forties and you're like, I forgot to take care of me. Right. Um, And sometimes it takes something like, you know, a a devastating job change or, you know, a, a devastating health diagnosis or any, anything along those lines to make you wake up and go, what the heck have I been doing, right? Like, what am am I doing for me? I'm here for me. Um, Not necessarily the kids or the job or the partner or the spouse.
1: Oh yeah, that is so spot on. And it's so interesting. I was reflecting recently on like um, women and in our community, we talk a lot about being like a good girl and what does it mean to be a good girl? And how is that like ingrained? And I had this vivid memory of being in first grade. And like, we would say the Pledge of Allegiance. And then afterwards we would say like the golden rule. I promise to like treat others the way that I want to be treated. And it's so interesting. Like, like, what does it actually mean? You know, and, and boundaries play like a big role there, but it's not like we're, we're taught to do that. Right. Like in treating others the way we want to be treated, like we're treating them how we treat ourselves. And we don't, ever learn how to create boundaries in our own lives. So then it it makes sense that these things just all bleed into one another.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what part of, so you mentioned that you have a community, right? And that manifest is a business and then the book is after that. So tell me more about manifest the business.
1: Yeah. So manifest the business came about um, again, as a, as a result of this devastating job change. I was like, why are there not enough spaces for women that aren't like women in tech or like women in manufacturing or women in like you name your industry or like subsect of the market to come together and to talk about not only like the obstacles that we're facing in our careers, but to shamelessly self advocate and say, I am a total badass. Look at what I'm doing and here's how you can support me. Nice. And I thought it was really interesting. I'm like, again, you know, I have great like supportive friendships, but we weren't being that intentional with how we served each other and how we learn from each other to serve ourselves. And so what I wanted to do is create uh, spaces where we could bring together strangers who are looking to like uplevel their network and like be surrounded by very high vibration women um, and collectively kind of move towards our biggest goals and biggest dreams. And of course, in that process, you start having like really deep, authentic, incredible dialogue with women. And what you learn is, Everybody's kind of dealing with the same stuff. Right. Fear, right. failure, shame, resistance, how to move through it, <laughs> right. and everything in between. And so um, over time, we kind of realized that there was a lot of patterns emerging. And we actually had some formulas that we thought could really help women um, move forward in a new, refreshed way that was more productive, both like productive in their relationship with their self, others, and the
0: universe. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I love that. And so are these offline or online communities or a combination of both?
1: Pre-COVID, we were definitely like, so my background is high tech and I'm firmly believe that in a, in so many ways, like we are addicted to our devices and we need to disconnect to reconnect. So our like mantra was like phones down, faces up, like let's actually look each other in the faces and like have yeah. conversation. Love um, that. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's a—it's uh, like the polar opposite of my tech roots, but I think it's so important because it's difficult to engage with people, especially strangers, now that we're so dependent on being able to hide behind our devices. Um, but with the nature of COVID, we've adapted and now we've brought this community online. So anybody from around the world can come now, which is, you know, it's different than what we'd originally built, but it's so much better in that, like, I'm big in terms of the diversity of Thought and background, and like bringing all of that to the table. So we're starting to really see like our membership um, grow from areas outside of Chicago.
0: Oh, that is so cool! That is so cool. It's kind of a you know the blessing and the curse of COVID. Like yeah. you know, everyone's always you know oh you know I hated it and, and there's definitely you know death, illness, business shutting down, all of that stuff. Not to get too into into a COVID tangent, but for our family and for a lot of the clients that I've worked with, it's really there 's been some beautiful side effects, if you will, you know some beautiful unintended consequences of reconnecting with family and you know togetherness and figuring out um, kind of stepping away from consumerism and all of all of those things, um, which has really just been you know like i said i i have there 's definitely things that i 'm not thankful for around covid but there 's a whole lot that has been um, in the positive, even through all the sickness and and um, stillness of the economy so um, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Beautiful.
1: If you're actually like going to boundaries, you know, that's been one of the best things of COVID is being able yes. to say like, unfortunately I can't. And like, that is a good enough reason these days, which, right. you know, before you had to have like five qualifiers to tell somebody like you couldn't participate in something.
0: Yeah. Like no, was not a one, a one, a yeah. one word sentence. It was like, <laughs> no, was because, <laughs> <fun>. yeah, <laughs> no, because of this, 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 and this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I work on a lot with my clients because they feel like, Um, especially those that are suffering from low, low energy and fatigue and, you know, pain, they feel like they have to, they feel guilty one, because they can't go do the things. And two, they feel like they have to give this long list of excuses and, and that, you know, it kind of ties into, um, a lot of fear and confusion around diagnosis because a lot of my clients don't get an actual diagnosis for five, six, seven, eight years in conventional medicine. And so they find themselves, trying to set this boundary, well, I can't do this. And then they feel like they have to say, because I'm tired, because I have joint pain, because, and they can never get around to something where they feel um, redeemed. They feel like the person goes, oh, okay, yes, you have a label. Now, yes, you have rheumatoid arthritis. That's why you can't do this. Um, Instead of just them being able to set that boundary and move forward.
1: You know, to that end, one of the things that we talk about a lot at the manifest table is our current like societal perception of self-love and self-care. And like everybody's like, oh self-love is, you know, like going for a walk or journaling or like a bath or all these things. And when we, me and my co-founder, um, sat down to talk about like why we had this issue with self-love and self-care, what we realized is that the way that we're defining these things, um, we need to like elevate the definitions. And so the way that our community practices both self-love and self-care is self-love. Is the practice of a deep affection for your essential being. And I know, and self care, which is like, ooh, this is my favorite, is um, uh, the practice of acquiring what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of your essential being.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like chill giving. Yeah, that's beautiful. Awesome. Thank
1: you. And like, Yeah. yeah, when you start thinking about practicing in that capacity, no, all of a sudden becomes like, This is a full sentence, like I have to do this for my essential being, and you might not understand it, but this is a maintenance requirement for me. It's like right. getting your oil chained is right you now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I tell people that all the time. you know, it's like you're you're driving around with your check engine line on, you know. Yeah. Like, and if you just go get it checked, it's probably an air sensor. It's gonna be 70 bucks and you're on the road. But right. if you don't get it checked, you're gonna start this anxiety and all the things around it, and then you're gonna let it go, go, go. And then by the time you check, it's gonna be a big problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so yeah. I love that. That is amazing. So how would you say to take um, the actionable steps. So that's what I really, really loved about your book, right? Not to just kind of skip around, but my favorite part about the book was that it was like step one, like do this, do this, do this. Um, two two questions kind of. One, how would you take that and make it on a, just a slightly smaller scale for like into daily practice? So I'm definitely encouraging everyone to buy the book and read the book because mm-hmm. we can't cover all of the, the gold nuggets in a in a quick podcast like this. <laughs> However, I really, really would love you to, to kind of say, so how do you apply these principles into like daily life? So you've, you've read the book, you've done the steps and, and then what?
1: Yeah, I think daily exercise, like, and I'll, I'll kind of walk through the steps pretty quickly okay. um, is wake up and accept yourself for where you are. And that means forgive yourself for everywhere you've been. If you wake up and you're ruminating over a conversation that you feel some level of like guilt or anxiety about that takes place in the past, like tune into that inner narrative and say like, I hear you and I forgive you. And and we're just going to move on. Like we can't change the past. We can only solve for the future and the present. So like we have, it's like something crazy, 50,000 thoughts that run through our heads every single day if we don't tune into those and like recognize how we're self-sabotaging in our own heads, then we cannot possibly like move on to any other step of the day. So step one, like tune in, acknowledge and forgive and accept. And then step two is like, look at the structure of your day. Where are you giving away your energy and you are not excited about giving it away. And like, I know everybody has to go to work and like we have these things that we just have to do. But think about like how can you block off time in your day for you to invest in you in whatever capacity that means. It could be a maintenance capacity like going to get your oil checked or something like that. It could be um, a health capacity like going to your doctor's appointment and making sure that you understand what is required for your body to continue to move forward in the world in a really authentic and beautiful way. Um, But it could also be like taking time to listen to music or like dance around your apartment or your house. And then um, once you've kind of like scheduled and set your boundaries, where I think the goal setting comes in is, let's say that the reason why you want space in your life is because you feel like you're not living life on your own terms. You feel like life is passing you by, you're on a hamster wheel, and you can't get off, and there's a voice that whispers to you at night and says like, hey, you, you're meant for more then use the boundaries to get clear on what it is that you want next in your life or what it is that you want as like this big step that you know you're meant to take and haven't yet applied yourself to taking. And that may be really confusing. You might be like, well, I don't really have like a big dream or like a big thing that I'm really you know, curious about. Whatever your passion is that like lights you up on the inside, follow that, use this time to explore that. And if that feels authentic and you want to explore it more, then start looking around you at people that are doing more of that and ask yourself, like, do I envy them? Am I excited about, like, what they're doing? And figure out ways in your life to to really just, like, do more of that and emulate them until you figure out what it is that you want your big thing to be. And, um, you know, when you start pursuing that big thing, whatever that may be, I guarantee you life is going to try and stop you from spending time doing that. You know, whether it's a small thing pursuing a hobby or a passion and your kids are calling you saying like, mom, I need you to be like 100% for me. Or if it's, you know, something, uh, something bigger, like you, you want to write your own book someday or something like that. Like life is going to try and get in the way and you have to realize like that is just resistance showing up and trying to prevent you from moving forward. And it is your obligation, if this is something that you want to pull into reality, to say like, resistance, I see you, we're going to keep going anyway, and take any steps, like no matter how big or small, to continue pushing that forward. And then last thing I'll say is like, you were not meant to do any of this alone. Like, <laughs> lean on the people around you. If, if you're trying to like create something that is important to you in your life, ask for support from your friends, your family, and even the universe on the way. Um, And when you are deliberate and asking for what you need, um, you'll be surprised in like how people show up for you. Like the, there's abundant, you know, like bountiful resources that are ready to head your way. You just have to ask for them. Absolutely. We'll be back after a quick break. The healthiest food you can eat is the food you grow yourself. And on the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, we tell you how to grow that healthy food as well as beautiful flowers. Plus, we tell you the things the nurseries don't want
0: you to know. There are no scientifically based studies that show that kelp meal or seaweed have any desirable effects on plants. And we answer your garden questions. Well, at least we try to.
1: I have some Nandinas that spread. How can I kill them? You can't just move. (laughs) It's the only way. It's the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. It's out every Tuesday and Friday. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.
0: That's very well said. So you mentioned um, resistance and how, how did resistance show up for you? Like in the process of putting together manifest the business and manifest her the book. Right, like, oh what kind of roadblocks did you run into? <laughs> um,
1: Self doubt is probably like my biggest version of resistance. Um, in the book, I, I talk about resistance as if she's like a person that hangs mm-hmm. out with me and like wants to like just like hold onto my legs and I have to drag her kicking and screaming. Um, but yeah, resistance when I first started down this path was like, who are you to think that you can even help women? Like like what makes you an authority? And I was like, resistance, come on. Like I managed to like do some really big things in my life, you know, and I named them for her. And she was like, yeah, well that's great and all, but like, you don't have these objective benchmarks of success. Like for me, one big dream I had was like, I wanted to be on a Forbes 30 under 30 list never happened. I'm 29. Probably not going to happen.
0: You <laughs> but, never know. <laughs> <laughs> you can get there. Don't know smart <laughs> <at 30. laughs> the
1: resistance is like, remember how you were supposed to do that and you didn't? Like, uh, how could you possibly like help women? Um, and then, you know, I got through that block. And then of course, like women show up and they're ready for me to help them. And then resistance shows up again. She's like, Hey, you're going to mess up. So like this fear of failure, fear of uncertainty, and I'm like, resistance, no, like I've prepared for this. Oh my gosh, like it's fine. And then um, and then we keep moving forward and I get this idea for this book, and I start the manuscript, and then resistance, like, hey, nobody will buy this. And also, you do not have enough money or time to ever get this thing like into reality. So it's also like these just kind of like big dream saboteurs, right? I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough confidence or know-how in this space. Um, but again, like all of those things are addressable and available to you you just have to tune in and know that this is like your inner biatch resistance trying to prevent you from moving forward
0: right right and so what's your biggest tip to kind of put resistance in her place if you will like Mm. like how do you just you know you've got to finish like typing the last few pages of your manuscript you know you have to do this To achieve your next level of wellness, whatever it is like that one little do you have like one little affirmation or um, practice or something that pushes you forward through that, that one little that last little mouthy thing that resistance says
1: Yes, so I will have to give kudos to Amber Ray, Um, she is the author of Choose Wonder Over Worry, but I think resistance is a pessimist and she's like this is all the bad that could happen and it's our responsibility to negotiate with her and say like resistance if you can imagine all the bad like what if all the good happened like let's take the inverse of that and what is the best possible scenario that could result as an outcome of me choosing to take this step forward and when you paint that picture and then like you paint the negative picture and then you realize you're in the present moment it's like okay one of these things is a lot more exciting so let's just go and do that
0: right <laughs> right yeah okay awesome awesome so i have one last question about the book and you know every time you know i know for my myself for an episode you know you always get people feedback people say well like i'm i didn't understand, or they don't understand it the way that i necessarily tried to p- bring my point across. So what's like the number one thing that people misunderstand about manifestor and like the steps and how to do it? I have an idea of what i think it might be, but i'm curious what 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 it is.
1: What is the number one thing they misunderstand? I think that the title would make you think that it's all like woohoo and like I'm just going to show you how to wake up one morning and and do these things. I think the point of the book is like, you can do anything and the universe will absolutely bring abundant resources and outcomes to you, but you have to put in the work. I think one of my favorite tips in the book is like, if you don't ASK, you won't G-E-T. If you don't ask, you won't get. And that is like, probably the smallest piece of the most actionable advice I've ever received in my life to accomplishing anything. Like, it doesn't matter how small or how big, if you don't ask out loud and ask for the support that you need, it's not coming your way. So, there's this idea that manifestation is like supposed to be really easy and you can like think these things into the reality. Nope, it takes like Boots on the ground, action! action. Yeah. action. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that was going to be my guess: is that people read the title and they're like, "Oh, it's woo woo. She's going to tell me like to say my ten affirmations and then be done." And it's totally not. Like, it is actionable things. Like, do this first. Forgive yourself. You know, go through all of these steps, and then things start to show up for you. Um, and I think you know, I totally agree. I think that's one of the big misconceptions about you know manifesting and all the the woo that surrounds it it's not necessarily that there's no magic behind it it's just that it's not all sitting here and making the magic happen the magic is when the opportunity to take the steps come to you and then you say yes to those opportunities and you keep pushing forward you know
1: yeah whether it's for health
0: or wealth or anything you know
1: Yeah. They say luck is like the um, intersection of opportunity and preparation. And like, it's a bus that picks you up. You're like, (laughs) woohoo. That's like how I feel about manifestation is like, it takes preparation, it takes action, but then opportunities come to you because you are like projecting that action and that necessity into the universe and, and into the world. And then people are naturally like, You know what? I can help you. Here's how.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we'll totally link on the show notes all the places to buy your book, all the places to find you. But I'd love for you to tell us like where we can come hang out with you and keep track of what you're doing and even um, if there's opportunities to connect with your manifest community.
1: Yeah, so I hang out on the gram and LinkedIn for the most part. So you can find me at Buy Steph Caldwell, S-T-E-F-C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L on both. Um, And then my company, Manifest, hangs out on Instagram and Facebook. We are at manifest.her on both. Um, And then if you were inspired by this conversation and want to, like, actually come hang out with us, um, we put together uh, virtual tables of women, so via Zoom, every month or so our next table is coming up in December and we would love, love, love to have you, um, be part of, of our programming. And if there's a way that we can help kind of unstick you from anything you're feeling stuck in, in your life and get you into action around your meaning and purpose. And that is, that is why we exist. And that's what we want to do.
0: Awesome. Are there any prerequisites for those tables? Like, um, you know, age or background or anything like that or or is it just like you know kind of as you said in the beginning it's just women right there's no it's not like tech women or you know marketing women or any of those subcategories right
1: yeah our qualifier is you have to be an ambitious woman and by ambitious we mean like you know you're made for more and you want a space at our table, and like if that meant buying a chair at IKEA and building that chair and then pulling that chair up, like you would be there.
0: Right. Awesome. <laughs> I don't the, know about IKEA. But I hang out yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, and I sincerely appreciate you bringing forth. The book and what you're doing, and all of those things to the universe. And I feel like there'll be um, some definite connection from my audience to your manifest tables, which just sounds amazing. Do you have anything left to tell us before we wrap up?
1: No, I just so appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. And anybody that's thinking about getting the book, um, it's available anywhere books are sold. So if you're like an indie bound person, check it out there. Um, Also on Amazon, Kindle. And what I've heard from readers is that they love the Audible. I actually read the book to you. And I've heard it's kind of like hanging out with me for coffee, which like sounds like fun because I like me, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) it does sound like fun. No, that sounds awesome. I did notice that in my Kindle version, it gave me the opportunity to download, um, or to to do the audible version as well. So awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to the autoimmune revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.